Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, everybody. In for Bill Ryder this week. I am Bart Winkler. Got some baseball to talk about. And we've touched on Shohei Otani up to this point for sure with another great night last night. He did it at the plate and on the mound is why it's such a big deal. There were multiple people that hit a couple of home runs last night, but the attention is on Shohei and it should be two home runs at the plate. And then he was also the starting pitcher and struck out 10 when he is on the mound. And then he bats in those games, which is all the time. He hits 407 so far. He's like a 270, 280 hitter otherwise, but when he starts, He's a 407 hitter. That is just wild. RJ Anderson's joining us. He writes uh, for CBSSports.com, covers the MLB, getting into the MLB draft. We'll talk about that a little bit, too. But I think, like, with Shohei Otani, I don't think I'm – I'm trying to argue a little bit, RJ, and thanks for coming on, that baseball is – like, everyone says it's a regional sport. I think it's a national sport. It's just hard to take time and pause and notice the celebrations – and the milestones of players. I think that there's the structure of baseball is like holding Shohei Otani's star down a little bit in the NFL. If Patrick Mahomes is a big game, we've probably watched the game. And then we have all week to talk about it and look at the highlights and, and discuss it in MLB. You've got to really do like, you've got to have 25 runs in two innings for it to break through. You've got to have a Shohei Otani kind of night. I feel like, you know, MLB could market this better. I don't know that baseball really allows for a Shohei Otani to be as big as maybe he should be is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think you're right in that. And I think that there's probably some blame to go around to the league and how they approach things. But also I think the structure of baseball makes it difficult to have the kind of Mahomes style breakdown because, you know, you have seven days between games. I know there are exceptions in the NFL, but usually you have seven days between games. Whereas in baseball, you know, he has a big game. Okay. It's, that's Tuesday. Now he's playing again on Wednesday. So, you know, obviously he's not pitching every single day and so on and so forth. But I do think that the daily structure and, you know, the grind-like aspect of the of the game makes it a little more difficult to have those kind of obsessive binges that we get in other sports. And I don't know that what, I don't know that what, you know, what could they do? Even a guy like Luis Arias, who is on a quest to hit 400, I don't know that that's being talked about enough. Uh, and I don't know how much more baseball can do. I think one thing is they need to look with their TV partners and say, all right, Shohei's pitching in this game. Let's do something with it. Let, why are we showing the A's and the Yankees when we could be showing a Shohei Otani game? Why are we showing the Twins and the White Sox when Shohei's on the mound? We got to be doing that. It might even hurt that he's on the West Coast and these games start later. 
But from a marketing standpoint, I don't know if, if you've got any other ideas, but I don't know what they can do to kind of break through even more. Yeah, and it kind of brings to mind last fall when Aaron Judge was on this historic home run chase and they broke into college football games to show his at bat and go on Twitter. And the timeline is full of people complaining that they broke into this random college football game to show, you know, a historic at bat. So I think they should do more of that, though. You know, if ESPN and the other partners will allow, I think you should break in, show Horizons at bat, show Shohei Tani's half inning of pitching or his at bats as well. And, you know, just make these moments feel more monumental and make them feel more important. And, you know, you're right. I don't know if the casual fan really knows what Luis Arise is doing. And I think part of that is, you know, a place for what is perceived as a small market team. You know, they're not necessarily going to be in the postseason discussion, although they have played better than I expected. And I think that hurts them as well. So, you know, but the thing is, we talked about two really good players having historic seasons, historic pursuits here. And we said, oh, you know, it's up to the market and all this. And then you look at the NBA or you look at some of these other sports, you almost never hear that come up. So maybe we're hiding behind, you know, maybe we're excusing some larger issues here by just saying, oh, you know, it's the market. Because there's only, what, five or six markets that we wouldn't say that for. So I think that's unfortunate maybe that we've kind of grown to use that as a defense as often as we do. And maybe that's the problem. Like I think in the NBA, Giannis is a star in Milwaukee. He won a championship. Jokic is a star in Denver. He won a championship, and that has obviously elevated his stature. The Angels have been a team where, because, again, I've mentioned Patrick Mahomes before. If you're not a Chiefs fan and you like football, you will end up watching 9, 10, 11 games where Patrick Mahomes is playing. It's just with the, that's the nature of the NFL. With Shohei Otani, if you're not an Angels fan and don't watch them every night, I don't know how many games you end up watching – and maybe you see like a Sunday night game. He's got to be on there. Okay, that's not a lot. Maybe the All Star game. Well, he's in there for one at bat, one one inning, and then the playoffs. Which Shohei they they've not had a winning record since he's been there. And I think the Angels. You know, I don't know what they could get in terms of a haul for him uh, as a rental. If if somebody wanted to look at him that way, I think the Angels have the opportunity to say, Hey, you're actually trading for two guys, so we need twice the pay. But if I'm the Angels. I, I ride this thing out. I, I don't know that he, even if he doesn't sign with us afterwards, I think this is their shot to get into the postseason finally and see what happens. I think they got to keep him. I don't know if they're going to be persuaded to. I don't know if ownership is like, ah, I kind of wish we were losing so we could we could deal this guy, get some pieces. Where are you at with the, the Angels and what they might be doing? Yeah, so you know, I asked around the league last deadline because the Angels were in a worse position with regards to the standings and, you know, the nature of baseball is that you usually want to trade your players ahead of their walk here because then the acquiring team can get free agent drafted compensation if they leave, and that increases their trade value. Anyway, uh, the read I got from, you know, people around the league was that ownership did not want to trade Otani, and I had one person speculate, and I'm, I'm emphasizing there was speculation. I don't know this to be an actual, you know, fact of life or whatever, but speculated that if the Angels general manager finds himself in a position where he has to trade Otani because they're not competitive this year, then that would probably be signing his own pink slip because at that point, you know, your fate is kind of connected to Otani's. Now, you know, if they make the postseason this year and then Otani says, you know what, I really prioritize the World Series ring. This is a very fun season. This is the best season I had with the Angels from a team level perspective, but I don't believe this team is capable of winning a World Series in the next three to five years and goes and signs with the Dodgers or 
the Mets or wherever he ends up signing with, I think at that point, you know, the general manager could probably say, hey, I did my job. I did my job. You know, I got us to the postseason. I gave us a chance to resign him. Uh, the reality is I have a hard time seeing Otani staying with the Angels. You know, shy of like a miracle World Series run, I just cannot envision a scenario where he says, okay, the Angels are making me the best offer on the grounds of not just money, but the potential to win a World Series. And this is someone who, keep in mind, he chose to come over to the majors years before he could have gotten a massive payday. Like, he took the league minimum to come over when he did. He could have waited a few years and then gotten a bigger deal. The fact that he did that shows that he's not just about the money. And, you know, he's not going to uh, be lacking in long blockbuster offers this offseason anyway. So I just have a hard time seeing him stay to come this winter. I do think that as a thing stand right now, he's going to be an angel the rest of the season. But, you know, we're still several weeks away from a deadline. Things can change. Yeah, that should be interesting to see. And they are in a position at least, you know, the Rangers are, are doing well in that division, but they're in a position where they can at least look at themselves as contenders and maybe even buyers at the deadline. The uh, The other side of that, I think there's a lot of teams that are very disappointing. You look at some of the lineups. I still hammer the drum that the White Sox, for what they were building a couple of years ago before La Russa came in, I thought they would be World Series contenders at this point with that team. I think they're very disappointing. I think the Cardinals obviously are very disappointing. Uh, and then the Mets with with their payroll. Would you put the Mets as the most disappointing and, and there's a gap between them and somebody else? Or which team do you think like should be the most embarrassed about how they've played so far? Yeah, I think I would put the Mets as the most disappointing. You know, I think it's a combination of them spending almost $100 million more on payroll than any other team. And the second-place team is the Padres, and they're like $99 million back. And they've also disappointed this season. But you factor in the payroll, you factor in the preseason expectations, and you factor in where they are. And it's not just that they have a losing record. I mean, their playoff chances are really minimal at this point. Like They have to play at basically like a 95-plus win pace the rest of the way and have all the teams ahead of them play around 500 for them to actually get in. And that is not something that I expected to be saying on the Cups this July. I don't think anyone expected that. Even if you were a little pessimistic about some of their moves this winter, you know, let's face it, Justin Verlander is older, Max Scherz is older. We know that old players, especially pitchers, can crater. It wasn't out of the realm of possibility that they have some issues with the rotation and whatnot, but I don't think anyone expected this to be the outcome. And, I'm really curious to see how the next few weeks go for them and whether they decide, hey, we should try to sell at the deadline. Because I don't think they have as many movable pieces as people think because of the financial situation, the age situation, and the fact that, remember, this is a team that needs to make itself as appealing as possible this winter for Otani if he does become a free agent. So it's going to be an interesting month in New York, and we'll see what Steve Cohen has to say today at his press conference. Yeah, I tweeted yesterday, uh, everything will be addressed, so he will be talking Today, R.J. Anderson, CBSSports.com, joining us here, Bill Ryder's uh, Writer Than You. I'm Bart Winkler, in for Bill. Uh, I thought that the College World Series kind of had a moment. Uh, a lot of viewers, uh, I think it's as high as it's been that I can remember, getting to a Game 3 was huge for them because that was more eyeballs on a uh, Monday night. And now, if I'm not mistaken, I think like, this is interesting for the MLB draft because some of these guys, a lot of times the number one prospect, you know, we're not really sure of who it is and we'll maybe read yeah. about it, learn about it. Were there, there's going to be guys that we just saw this last weekend that will be drafted. Did like the world series insanely boost their stock or who can we expect to see called in maybe the top five, top 10 that we're like familiar with now? Yeah, this is actually a great 
College World Series for MLB draft picks because you had four of the potential top ten picks uh, playing for LSU or Florida, and that's Dylan Cruz, an LSU outfielder. Everyone I talked to considers him the number one prospect in this class. They have a right-hander who unfortunately didn't get the pitch in the finals. His name is Paul Skeen. Sits in the upper 90s, has a really uh, tenacious slider, you know, just insane swing and miss rates on that. And then on the Florida side, they have an outfielder named Wyatt Langford. He's a really good hitter. He'd be the number one pick in most drafts, but unfortunately, stuck in a draft with Dylan Cruz and Hurston Waldrop, a right-hander who has really good stuff, but needs to work on his command. So in addition to those four, I'll tell you, they also have two potential top 10 picks next year um, on those rosters. So this was a loaded uh, College World Series finals, and I don't think it necessarily affected their stock. You know, I think most teams have already had their draft meetings or in the process of having those, and they already kind of know what these players are. You know, these aren't mystery candidates or anything like that. So uh, keep those four names in mind, though, on July 9th, next Sunday, because that's when the draft happens. And, again, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for all four to go on the top ten. That's how good this finals was. It's just always cooler when you kind of like have an idea or you've seen guys when they get drafted. And sometimes in baseball, we don't know that even in basketball, we don't always know that. So this is pretty, pretty cool. Hey, thanks for a couple minutes. RJ Anderson. Appreciate the work. Find more cbssports.com and we'll talk again. Thank you for having me. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.